2: It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke. Our program today is brought to you by The Willy Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction, Gregory Drive in South Burlington, one call does it all. Montpelier Agway, your locally owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menard's family-owned True Value store, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Claussen's florist, greenhouse, and perennial farm in Colchester. Top quality Vermont-grown plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop. Flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, houseplants, potting supplies, and more in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber, Vermont's largest independent home center. Go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. By p Lumber, Route 15 in Wolcott, family-owned lumber mill for all projects. Check them out on Facebook. And Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmandYard.com. We await your phone calls, 802-244-1777. Right now, here's the host of In the Garden, Peter Burke.
3: Hey, Joel. Hello. Beautiful day out there for gardening. Absolutely. Uh, not too hot. And a uh, little on the windy side, but uh, still still good gardening weather. And, uh, um, you know, I wanted to start out by uh, uh, giving a shout-out to High Mowing Seeds, uh, um our own local seed company up in uh, Wolcott and uh they um uh, I have uh, mentioned uh, that one of my friends is is uh, Ukrainian and and has been involved quite a bit and she approached them and they uh sent her like 25 pounds of seed packages and she sent them over to Poland and they're going to make their way into Ukraine and excellent you just get you idea you know, just the thought of, of of people, you know, having the gumption to go ahead and garden even amidst all of that, uh, you know, God bless them.
2: That by, by necessity in many cases.
3: By necessity yeah. in many cases. And, and, uh, but still, uh, uh, just a shout out to those guys for that good deed and much appreciated for all the way around. And uh, did you get to listen? Uh, uh Jack had Banjo Dan on, and yeah. I guess he's got a new album, and uh, what I
2: heard was really great. So. Absolutely. Spirits, it's called. Beautiful graphics, too, on the album. We neglected <laughs> to mention that, too. <laughs> well, g- g- gorgeous, gorgeous. It, what I'm saying is that it is a CD. It's an, you don't just have to extract it from the ether, <laughs> which you can do, you know, because that's the trend right now. But beautiful, yeah. beautifully... Uh, Appointed, uh, you know, CD with uh, liner yeah, notes and a, beautiful, beautiful, uh, you know, as I say, illustrations and.
3: Uh, Jack and I were reminiscing over album covers and then CD covers and being able to read the liner notes. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know.
2: Well, uh, back in back in the day, it was a seven-inch record with a round hole in the middle, and that's <laughs> and I always thought I still do. That's the way God intended, and now it's now you know the, it's it's floating around in, in the. In there's the ether, there. yes, exactly. <laughs> it, there's a lot of good music around there, but sometimes I don't know how to extract it.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, um, I had an inf- interesting com- uh, conversation with a, a fellow at the seed store, and he was talking about gardening, and I mentioned, of course, the garden basics, and uh, um, you, you, which I'm sure you've all heard many times, the, the permanent bed, permanent pathways, perfect soil, grid planting, and trellises, and um he had a little girl there and he was like, but, but why mister? You know, what, you know, and I thought, you know, what a great question and it reminded me of my youngest daughter who was a bit but why kid and, and now of course is a, is a doctor and, and, uh, she was always very curious. And, um, so I, I, I thought, well, you know, I'll just take one of those things, uh, uh, a show and just sort of go through the details about why. Why do you want a permanent bed? And, um, it, 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 um, and of course, the more I talk to people about gardening, it, it seems to be taking people are using beds rather than, uh, just a garden plot, you know, that you rotate the whole thing and um you know the advantages of a of a permanent bed number one is you're not walking on it so you're not compacting the soil around the root systems and um uh, that allows of all things air to get down to the roots and one thing that we we sort of miss is that uh in air Right. Just the common air that we breathe. There's a tremendous amount of nitrogen and many of the plants use that air both in their roots and in in their in their leaves uh, to feed on. And, you know, that's just something we don't think of. It's always the nitrogen that we put on or, you know, the compost or whatever. But um, a plant needs air. So not walking on the planting bed is is a great advantage to a permanent bed. So you never really compact that soil. And in the same regard, right, with that air in it, it allows the water to penetrate down through to the root system. So the root system keeps growing down further and further into the soil. So your plants will have a, a much better root system when when you're not compacting the soil. And just imagine, you know, you take a piece of clay and imagine the roots trying to penetrate through that clay. It's, um, you know, it's very nearly impossible. And – you know the the obvious advantage of a of a permanent bed is that you're only fertilizing in that bed where you actually have plants you're not fertilizing in the rows where you just to encourage weeds and the same thing goes with with uh, watering you're only watering in that that one location and because you're planting in a bed, you can plant uh, close together instead of rows with pathways in between, and that uh, when the plants are close together like that it's a it's called a shade mulch, so it's you know you have less uh, less opportunity for weed seeds to plant and grow in between your your tiny rows of of plants. So that's kind of the rundown on why a permanent bed and I, I hope um maybe somebody will let that little girl know that that is the why and thank her for for asking me the question because I remember my daughter saying but why papa you know but why is the sky blue but why you know <laughs> so anyway that's my but why part of the show and um uh, so, uh I want to talk about potatoes because it's time to start. And hopefully you're you're either have your potatoes or plan to get them this weekend. You want to make sure that you you have them so that uh, the stores don't run out. I was uh, at full Hardware and and Agway and Blue Seal and all of them have potatoes now. Um but uh if you wait until Memorial Day, you may find that the that the selection is uh, slim to none. So you want to get in there and and, uh, not only uh, so you don't miss them, but also so that you get the varieties that you want and you have the opportunity to green them. And what I mean by green them is you're going to, take them out of the bag and put them in a spot where there's uh, light. And it doesn't need to be sunshine light. Just ambient light is fine. And you'll find that uh, those eyes will sprout a, a little uh, green bud. Um, and, and that's the, the beginning. Um, and that's why they call, uh, you know, you're greening the uh, potatoes. Or sometimes it's called chit, to chit the potatoes. And I have no idea where that comes from. But, um, that's uh that gives you sort of a leg up when you put them out and uh um, that's um that's something you want to do right now you want to have your put your your potatoes out in the in the light so they start to because we can actually plant these potatoes soon even before the last frost so it's it's april 30th we've got 4 weeks before the last frost and there's plenty plenty of gardening to do Um, Okay, we'll take a break from potatoes, and we'll talk to Freddie from Faustin. Hey, Freddie. Hi. Hi. Thanks
4: for taking my call. How How are are you guys today? Uh, Great, great. How about yourself? Super. Just came in from the garden. Good. Where we -hmm. have raised beds, Mm -hmm. and for the first time last fall, Mm -hmm. we did a buckwheat cover. Yep. I am very sorry I did that. (laughs) I must have done something wrong.
3: Well, tell me why. What's going on with buckwheat? It's like we've got another lawn. Oh, no, that's unusual for buckwheat. Uh, Buckwheat usually dies right out with the first frost. Are you sure it's buckwheat and not ryegrass?
4: I'm not positive, but because I, thought I, I was buying buckwheat
3: that's that's the thing that that's the reason I don't use ryegrass anymore is because it's like you say it's like having mm-hmm. another lawn and and I had this uh conversation with someone this week who who was uh, complaining about the same problem and what I suggested was uh, take a piece of black plastic and you know just uh, Kill it kill it yeah and and you know wait till it's actually decomposed in there and I Oh
4: no too late too we late. we rototilled it in
3: Oh you did okay well you know if you can the the case where I was talking to this week uh, there the, was in a bed that you couldn't possibly put a rototiller in so you guys uh you guys are are ahead of the game if you can but i don't use that anymore and make sure that you're using uh something like buckwheat or uh clover and both of those will will die uh with the first frost or and and decompose over the winter you won't have any problem whatsoever It'd be nice light friable soil but yeah i would stay away from the rye You know, I know uh, that's sort of counterintuitive to what uh, they're doing in the organic farms, and uh, but for that reason, is it just so darn hard to to uh, uh, work it all into the soil? It's just like a, and that's of course the reason that we like it is because it has this root system that's miles and miles along, along. So, yes. So should we
4: let it sit in the air and
3: rototill it again? Oh. I'd watch it. I'd probably not. Probably it isn't all that thick just over the winter. But, you know, if you find that there's really good, hard, solid clots, you know.
4: Oh, there are because we've taken a shovel and gone back after the rototiller because it didn't <laughs> oh, do what we needed it to do. Yeah,
3: right, right. Boy, this is this is a – and I'm glad you brought it up because it's something I, I should be telling people because it's. A, it was a lesson learned for me. And I I just find that uh, uh, not the red grass is not good for for beds or for gardeners who are just hand digging their stuff. Um, okay. So, so that's what I did the last time. Is, uh, and you might even think about go ahead and doing it even now if you want those to break down. And then the other thing that you might do is just go ahead and pull those clots out and throw them in the uh, throw in the compost bin and and throw a little more potting soil or you know, peat moss vermiculite in there to fill up the bed.
4: You know, that, my husband said, we need to weed this before we do it.
3: Yeah. I said,
4: yeah. no, no, you're supposed to turn in. I read all about this. <laughs> well, we'll mark the calendar. The
3: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so he was re- then no. we,
4: yeah. we were going to set out our onions
3: and plant mm-hmm. our peas and mm-hmm. do some of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think we're it? No, no. Not at all. Peas, absolutely. Now, um, that brings up another interesting point. Uh, I got a call from Bill Bill uh, Hannon over at Hamden Home Center, and he said, what was that stuff you were talking about for the peas? Inoc-something, you know, and um, it's called an inoculant. And uh, I don't know if you use it for your peas, do you? We don't. Uh, so um, it is a, a, a bacteria. It's a uh Uh, Microbial bacteria that encourages the um, the uh, nitrogen fixing and you'll see in all of the legumes if you pull up the roots whether it's uh, green beans or or peas uh, you'll see the little little sort of brownish balls on on the roots and those are actually uh, those are the those rhizome or the Um, I'm sorry. The bacteria, you know, fixing nitrogen, and that's why I was saying, you know, it's you've got to have roots. The roots actually fix nitrogen for the plant and actually absorb nitrogen. So the the inoculant helps the plant to do that. And eventually, if you plant it with none of it, uh, you'll you'll uh, it will sort of come in on its own. But since we we kind of move our stuff around a bit, it's better to go ahead and inoculate. And oh. and and you can get them, you know, Agway and Blue Seal and all the other, most everybody has it. Uh, but sometimes you have to ask for it because it's a very tiny little bag, you know. And um, watch out because... It, it's a It's a black powder that if there's even the least bit of a little leak, you'll have black powder all over the place. I found okay. out this morning that my hands were black <laughs> and I had black stuff in my pants, and I was like, Oh my god
0: <laughs> so,
3: okay, and what is it called? Just an inoculant it's called inoculant and i I got some uh at both places, and one was uh, it, it one was called Fix and grow, and it was the the brand name is old O-L-D-S. But, uh, if you just ask for an inoculant they 'll point you in the right direction and it is literally about the side of a seed packet, and inside of it is a is a black powder on one of them and sort of black little pelletized uh, powder on in the other one
2: uh, one was
3: uh, cost me four bucks, and the other one cost me eight bucks which I was surprised but um the, the one that costs eight bucks does about as twice as much as the one that does four bucks. So, you know, they're about the same one way or the other. So, uh, the, the, the one does a 40 foot row of, of, uh, peas, you know, or, or oh, beans. Perfect. Okay. And so, you know, one is enough. Um, depending on how long you've been gardening, you know, you may not need it, but it's worth it. Um, when you buy that pack, just go ahead and use it all up because it's only good for one year. Uh, the okay. expiration date is December 21st, December, yeah, December 30, of 2022. Uh, 2022. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, and, good to know. Thank okay. you for that info. Yeah, you're very welcome. Okay. <laughs> all thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. So the, it's the the little things sometimes, and and uh, particularly if you have an, a new garden or if you're planting your peas or your beans in a place that's new, you definitely want to use the inoculant. And um, I forgot to mention Fred to Freddie. Uh, uh, what people normally do is they they'll s- soak their peas for an hour. Uh, pour off the water and then on the wet seeds, they'll, they'll, uh, you know, sprinkle the, this powder on the, on the seeds and then you plant them, uh, with that, uh, uh, with the black powder sitting on top of them. You can actually plant them and then, uh, uh, sprinkle it over the row if you want to, but I don't know. I've always just uh, wet them and make sure that I, that I know for sure it's right there on the seed as the the roots tend to grow they have that uh that period bacteria they need and uh how are we doing on time you want to take a break <laughs> all right folks we'll be back mm-hmm.
5: Dandelion Acres is a beautiful garden center in central Vermont where you can find gorgeous flowering hanging baskets, annuals, perennials, trees, and shrubs. They also have an extensive selection of vegetables, fruit trees, and berry bushes and can also offer helpful advice to make your growing season a success. There's pottery, garden furniture, statuary, and decor from the whimsical to the sublime. Dandelion Acres Garden Center is in Bethel, Vermont. Go to DandelionAcres.com for current operating hours
3: and COVID caveats.
2: The number is 802-244-1777. Once again, here's Peter.
3: Okay. So, Joel, um, let's see. We were, um, we took the side road into inoculants. Um, is that anything you've ever used, uh, inoculants? No, 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 I haven't. No. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know you're just feeding the rabbits anyway, but um. they're out there.
2: <laughs> they're big and fat too. I don't know why do they why do they have their winter fur in May? But I'm just, I'm, for some reason, the uh, the, the I think that's what a rabbit uh, species uh, is, uh-huh. are bigger in my backyard oh, yeah. th- this year than I've ever noticed. Well, Maybe it's a different uh, hair type of hair or yeah. whatever. But I've, uh, i They're mean, just well-fed. Little bunnies are everywhere, but now they're big <laughs> rabbits, you know. <laughs> the, the cat's afraid to even look at them, you know.
3: <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, you always think of rabbits as sort of laid back and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whatever, uh, you know. But they they can be very fierce fighters no, if you've ever <laughs> tangled with one <laughs> or seen them tangle with a, you know, a predator.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah, everybody's out there in my backyard. They, they know there's food, and the mm-hmm. critters that come for the food yeah. attract the critters that come to eat those critters. You know, <laughs> so I have this ecosystem back there. You know, and I, 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 I qu- always quote Rodney King: "Can't we all get along?" And the answer, unfortunately, as the whole world is, seems to be indicating, is not uh, not quite always. Uh,
3: so it's a dog eat dog world. And, in this case, it's
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, you know a fox eat Rabbit world too, <laughs> right? Rabbit eat your lettuce. <laughs> right. Those fishers are the ones out there that are uh, the toughest. They'll eat yeah. anything, you know. Yep. So, gotta, ladies and gentlemen, keep keep an eye on your pets. Those are the fishers will no, take down most any any uh, little animal. We did
3: lose one of our cats to one of those things. So, yeah, yeah, you do have to keep your eye out for that. So, um, with uh, potatoes. Um, uh, let's see, where were we? Oh, we were greening them or doing, we were chitting them. We're getting them started. And you'll notice, uh, that, um, you know, even as the, the greens, uh, start to bud and you see the, the potato leaves, you know, and, uh, you'll see also a system of roots that come out, uh, right along with those and they kind of, to just, uh, hug on to the potato itself because it, it's planted to get nutrients from the spud itself. And, uh, so when you're doing this, you only want to let them grow maybe, uh, between a half inch to an inch. You don't want them to grow long or anything like that. Not like the potatoes you have in your, in your bin, you know. Uh, and the reason Is that you don't want them to break. Um, so you want them nice and sturdy. And when you carry them out to the garden, uh, do it in a tray so that they're all individual. They're not, you don't want to pile them into a bag because that will break the stems. So you want to give them, you know, treat them, you know, pretty, pretty tenderly. Um, and at the time you plant them, if you want to, you can go ahead and, and cut them if they're large ones, uh, down to, um, you know a few a few eyes uh some people cut them pretty severely, like one eye per piece, and all the rest but i 've always found I had better luck with uh with doing it um either a whole small one, you know maybe inch inch and a half or um you know uh half of a of a large one, so that there's three or four good um, leaf sets uh, on them and so the the, because I'm planting in bed, it's a little more difficult to hill those beds. Um, you know, because you got them planted in uh you know, right next to each other all the way around. It's not like you can just dig up dirt from the pathway and, and, and put it on the, on them. So what I do is I actually, I'll dig a, a hole about three or four inches around, you know, maybe, maybe even up to five or six inches around in the middle of a square foot. And I'll go down a good six inches anyway, put the spud down there, and then put about two inches soil back on top of it. Okay, so now – and you can do that anytime time now. Um, and the thing is, is that um, that's kind of sheltered because there's still another four inches of that hole there, right? And when the, the plant starts to grow above that four inches – Okay, you can just you can just close in over it. And that's really your first hilling. And the reason that we hill potatoes is that that seed potato that you have down there about six inches, the potatoes are going to grow actually above that seed. They don't go down on the roots down below. They'll actually grow above that. And so since they're growing above it, they eventually will grow right up to where the soil level is, and then they start to turn green. So that's what we're trying to avoid, and that's why we hill them, is we hill them in order to, to keep them the, from turning green. So that's the one thing you want to watch as you go down through your garden beds, is to look to make sure that there's no uh potato sort of uh, poking, you know, to just... You know, coming up uh, to the surface of the soil. So, uh, once you've, uh, held them once, you probably will held them one more time and that's with about two or three inches. And, well, what I'll use is just my, my regular potting soil or the mix of potting soil, and vermiculite and compost, or you can get a bag of soil and put it in there. And that's just another couple inches. So you don't need any more than that and your potatoes will grow right in that little hole right there and, and, uh, and you should have a bunch of them by the time um, uh, August comes. Well, Forbes, hey, Joel, let's talk to Forbes. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself?
6: Great. You handle uh, growing concerns, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, is, uh, the, the tech infestation is unbelievable this uh, yeah. year. What, I've have heard you, that. what have you got for?
3: Yeah. Uh, that we could fight, fight ticks off with. Uh, no, that's, that's, uh, I, I, I just know what I'm told is, you know, make sure that you dress appropriately, more or less. That's with long plants, uh, tucked into your, into your socks or, you know, into a gator of some sort. So, because that's, that's the most likely place you're going to pick up a tick is, um, is, is, uh, uh at your pant leg, you know, and I, I've seen them crawl up my pant leg and, Right over my prosthesis up to my thigh, you know, and so uh, that's the that's the first thing. The second thing is if you, you wear as much white or light colored clothes as you can, so that you see them. Make sure you're wearing a long sleeve. Uh, I have uh, a set of long sleeve white t-shirts that I use. Uh, I got from Lands End or somewhere, and uh so and then I use uh, the gloves and and. Um, but there's nothing that replaces the, you know, the buddy system, and then that's to to check you for ticks. um a matter of fact, I think there's a song like that, isn't there? <laughs> what about you, Forbes? What do you got? What are your secrets? Well, what I use ticks? is
6: uh, just inexpensive, um, uh, full uh, painters
3: uh, mm-hmm. yep. kind of all. Perfect, yeah. Uh,
6: they're, they're sheer. They breathe, so you mm-hmm. don't sweat to death in them. Yeah. And they have elastic around the... uh the cuffs on your wrist, and also your Great. pant leg. Great idea. That that seems to work good, and it's cheap enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, some, I've, I've worked with some mixed up some spray, and that's uh, lemongrass uh, essential oil, uh, e- eucalyptus, and water. Really? A small spray bottle. That seems to. And you spray the clothing,
3: on. or you spray your skin?
6: I spray it on my clothing.
3: Yeah. Okay.
6: Um, twenty drops of lemongrass essential oil and twenty uh, drops of eucalyptus
3: mm-hmm. with water. My, that, uh, uh,
6: they don't like that.
3: No, yeah, I'll bet. Any kind of anything with a strong scent, they seem, do seem to. Uh but right. somehow or another they they seem to be quite willing to fight through it and, and get to you one way or the other. My uh son in law is a is a big outdoor guy and he uh actually gets these uh uh pants from REI and a couple of other of those outdoor places that uh, that are uh impregnated with a, a repellent, a bug repellent and uh, he says that that works really well he's very happy with those so that's another approach that you can have to it of course you know the the common sense stuff is that uh, when you're walking through high grass you know that's not a path uh, um you know that's that's where you got to be super careful cuz that's where that's where they are that's where they're going to be and that's where they're in wait for you just sitting on that uh, tall grass waiting for a warm body to, to jump on. So um, Yeah,
6: it seems to be uh, synonymous with anything you're outdoors with or, or mm-hmm. planting or doing gardening mm-hmm. work. I mean, it's going to be a, mm-hmm. a mutual problem along with the uh, <laughs> the yeah. cultural parts are growing things. Okay, <laughs> well, that thank the, you. That
3: and the black flies, and uh, I, yeah, right. <laughs> you know. There you go. All right. <laughs> I have thank heard you. though. I, I don't know if you've heard this too, is that uh, the ducks in your garden are are good for all kinds of little critters, like the ticks, and uh, you know, even snails for that matter. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure I'd be willing to to have a gaggle of gu- ducks to to contend with.
6: Yeah, uh, it's a, it's a constant constant battle. The only right. thing that kills a, a tick, actually is uh extreme long periods of hot weather or dry weather.
3: Right, yeah. Yeah, so and they right can now actually dehydrate
6: and die. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Mhm.
3: Sounds good well, to me. You haven't had that lately. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this time Thank of year. You. But thanks, Forbes. Yeah, appreciate right the call. On.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, I know everybody's been talking about how the ticks are bad. Yeah. Joel here. Yeah. And um, my dog, Winnie, yeah. uh, uh, I haven't seen any ticks on her. And she has one of those Soresto collars. Oh. So for the uh, family pooch. They really seem to work. They're expensive, but they really seem to work. And, oh, no okay. You know, huh. yeah, so I'm thinking of getting one myself, maybe. Because <laughs> <laughs> we like, we let, I mean, we go out in the woods. We really yeah. go into the woods out there in yeah. Colchester Park and So the what, do you,
3: what do you guys do? You just check yourself when
2: you come oh, back? that's right. Yeah. Last year, I, not one tick on, on my dog. Yeah. Oh, my wife said maybe she thinks there was one, but I, Pulled it off, and it didn't seem to have any legs. Yeah. But there was one on me and not on the dog, so I think yeah. that I should get the collar <laughs> too. But, uh, yeah, you, you do not want to get that Lyme disease. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. one of those lingering, I, hard to diagnose and just uh, awful, awful kind of things. Yeah,
3: and uh, I heard an article on the radio about how, uh, certain ticks actually uh, infect you, and you become allergic to meat, to red meat. Uh. And uh, I, I, it was funny because this, uh, when I first found that out, and I think we talked about that last year a little bit. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of good reasons to to check, make sure you don't have any ticks.
2: Well, not, well my dog definitely is not allergic to red meat. <laughs> it wouldn't bother me all that much, but, uh, but
3: he's not ticked off. Huh? No, no, no. He, uh,
2: my goodness. Well, as as a lot of folks well know who has met my dog, she'll. Eat anything, steal anything, and uh, anyway, it's pretty good for a 14-year-old uh, beagle. But at any rate, um, 244-1777, we had a call. In fact, now the phones are lighting up. Okay, great. So let us uh, just go blind into one right here, push this button, and say, Good afternoon, uh, your first name in town, you're on with Peter.
0: Wild Bill and South Woodbury. Hey, oh my Bill. word.
3: <laughs> Up in God's country there.
0: <laughs> well yeah, it's nice out today, by yeah. now. Yeah. Well, you uh, mentioned those the tick thing and apparently they're starting to come into uh into Vermont the uh the lone star tick. I actually have that uh that uh red meat allergy.
3: Oh no uh, kidding
0: for 2 years, well the last 2 years I was down in Long the east end of Long Island and up in the northeast corner of uh Connecticut dealing with uh cleaning up my friend's estates, his mother's house and his house. And uh well, needless to say that the uh, Connecticut and his mother's house hadn't been lived in. He just when she died 10 years ago, he just shut the door and never went up again. Oh my. Pay the taxes. Yeah. But uh yeah. you know, I had to fight my way in with a machete to get into the to the front door, oh my, and it was in a very it used to be there was a dairy farm there many years ago Mm-hmm. but uh you know i i picked three or four ticks off of me a day up there, yeah yeah, and the same thing down in Long Island yeah, but down in Long Island you've got the uh the deer ticks
3: Oh, the deer ticks, yeah,
0: yeah, well, I didn't pay much attention to it, and uh I went out one day, and I had two hamburgers, and this is about, oh, three or four months, the, the middle of uh, last year, Yeah. from the last time I was up there. And uh, all of a sudden, I woke up in the morning, and the lower part of my legs were were just full of these red, irregular bumps with a white line around, around oh, them. Oh, my gosh. And I said, I didn't know what to do, and I went down to CVH, and they said, mm-hmm. well, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't know anything about this, this uh, thing. Yeah. And uh, I was talking with a friend of mine down in Long Island. She says, yeah, you, it, I can't remember the name of it. Yep. But uh, she has it in the worst way. Yeah. And, you know, she got bit by these uh, Lone Star Ticks. I have it to where if I make it chilly, I'm okay.
3: Oh, it's but really well cooked,
0: then. Yep, I, I can't have a hamburger anymore. Well, wow. uh, it will get. Uh, I have this cream to put on it, which makes the itch go away. But she's on the on the other hand, she uh, she has a very serious case of it, and she went to a barbecue, and they did the steaks and the hamburgers first, and then she had some barbecued vegetables,
3: mm. and
0: they had to bring it to the hospital oh.
3: just because
0: they put the vegetables on the meat. From the grill? On wow. the grill, yes. Oh, my gosh. So it is quite a, a serious thing. Mm. But I don't have Lyme disease, and how I don't have that, I, mean, I don't know.
3: <laughs> I just, geez, you uh, Right, right. You would never never think that having Lyme disease would be a plus, right?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's, <laughs> that's the only... That's the only thing that, uh, that does it, you know, I just, yeah, yeah, it's a very, very strange thing, and I pray to God that it doesn't get too bad. I mean, I, I've never, knocked wood, um, <laughs> pardon me, <laughs> uh, I've never seen a tick up here yet.
3: Yeah, yeah, you mean the, the Lone Star tick, or?
0: Well, I haven't, I haven't seen any Lone Star ticks, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen Woodbury, uh, uh, a deer tick. No, oh. I'm sure they're out there. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, my dog has very short hair. Yeah, and uh, he hasn't gotten one in the last. Oh golly, I've had him now four years.
3: Uh, does he have a tick collar on? Or do no. You come no? Huh. Wow. No. Well, that's great. <laughs> uh, uh, that's uh, that's really something. So when you go out, how do you avoid getting the ticks on you?
0: Well, uh, I, I do the spray things.
3: Oh, you do, yeah. Yeah, the, the DEET.
0: Yeah, and that's that's. Mm-hmm. I, I had to do that. Good Lord, have mercy! I was wondering um, if I was going to poison myself down in Connecticut. I put so much of it on, <laughs> and you know, they would still come on to me.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you need the f- the physical barriers as well as the as that stuff. Yeah, I think so.
0: Anyway, on well, a question of gardening. Yes. I got an old ladder yeah and I was gonna try and do some uh, cucumbers and peas this year yeah and I figured well you know I'm gonna lay it on uh, long ways but upright okay and uh, just kind of tie the strings down and poke a stick in the ground when the seedlings come up. you think that's a halfway good idea it's aluminum.
3: Yeah, I, I don't see why it wouldn't work. Um, the aluminum, uh, let's see, I don't know if it would get too hot, but, uh, my wire, I use wire, uh, mesh and it doesn't seem to get too hot. So, yeah, I don't see why it wouldn't work. You know, Alrighty. uh, how do you say you're going to lay it on its edge? So it's up about what, 18 inches or something?
0: Yeah, well I'm going to stick it on a uh, a couple of stumps
3: oh I see okay so, so it's okay. going to be
0: about oh a foot up in the air mm-hmm. yeah and then I'll just you know because i I don't really want to have it so high that I can't reach them
3: uh, that's a that's definitely a drawback i know um yeah there's no reason it wouldn't work any kind of support will work you know um, you may have to as a matter of fact I would assume you would have to um, tie it up to start with, to get it to sort of train it anyway at, in the beginning. Otherwise, the tendency is it wants to creep on the ground. So you're going to have to train it to, to you know, get that first uh, leg hold up into the ladder.
0: So, yeah, I've, I've got some of those,
3: uh
0: mm-hmm. oh, I call them popsicle sticks. Yeah. But they're about eight inches long, and, and uh, I figured I'd just tie the string to that, tie mm-hmm. it to the ladder and then tie the string to that. Yeah shove it in the ground next to the uh, the seedling.
3: Yeah, they'll be they'll be happy as could be and uh you're picking and make picking a lot easier, that's for sure. And uh so both the um the peas, uh, the cucumbers, your pole beans, all of those will will work well on on something like that.
0: So the peas and the cucumbers kind of get along, they're not like uh oil and water.
3: Oh, uh, I I usually grow mine separately, so I can't really tell you, but um I they, I don't see any reason they wouldn't grow over each other um, without any particular problem because either, neither one of them uh, requires absolute uh, sunlight. So, you know, yeah, I'd, I think it would work, but I don't actually know. I've never done it that way.
0: Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't have that much – well, I have a lot of space, but I just don't have that much good ground to mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. dig up. Mm-hmm. Well – that's what they make permanent beds for.
0: <laughs> well, I tried that, and uh, you actually had told me about witchgrass many years ago. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: And uh, yes. I, my neighbor went out so much as to buy sheets of steel, eighth-inch steel, 12 inches uh, wide, and I think they were 10-foot lengths, yeah. and pounded it into the ground, then removed mm. the grass, and never yeah. has a problem with witchgrass in her garden. <laughs> It was expensive as all get out.
3: It does seem a little extreme, but I, I can I really understand the feeling there. You just get so mad at some point you just say, I'm gonna you know, uh, I'm gonna get that witchgrass. <laughs>
0: oh I'll never forget. We we took the garden when I had it, the big one, and we took all the witchgrass out. Mm-hmm. There were about four people up here and we went out and we ripped and shredded and everything else. Mm-hmm. Next spring it was all over it was within yeah. Yeah. The, the first part of the spring it was just poof.
3: Oh right. grass yep.
0: again.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's uh well, I, I mean that's that's why I use those uh, uh pathways, the permanent pathways. Yeah. Uh, yep. just keep everything everything down.
0: Alrighty then. Well, Anybody? good to hear. You. Yeah,
3: same here. You take care <laughs> now. Watch those uh watch those bugs. So um, we were talking about potatoes and planting where did we get for the potatoes uh bottom of a six inch hole oh and then as soon as it grows up you cover it with a couple inches And as soon as it grows up to the top you fill in the hole so you've got six inches above the seed potato of dirt which is um probably not quite enough joel do you have another call for us Ah, cindy Hey, Cindy in uh, North Fauston. How do you do? Yes.
1: Yes, hi. Good to hear hi. you. Hi. I'm glad to hear you.
3: Oh, yeah. It means it's gardening <laughs> season, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I,
1: just barely, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's my favorite time of year. Yep. And um, I was wondering, I have this um, elderberry bush that yeah. just, uh, is, grew there, I didn't plant it or anything, and I yeah. was just wondering, um, I know there's somebody in Faistin that uh, makes elderberry tinctures yeah. and stuff like that, and, yeah. and I was just wondering, but the birds get it, like, really quick.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a stiff competition between the birds and the deer. The deer <laughs> absolutely yeah. love them, yeah, but, you know, the, the thing is, is that they're not going to bother them until they ripen up. And uh-huh. so, um, what you can do is uh, just simply take a, a paper bag and oh. put it right over the the cluster. The clusters usually, the ones that I have are a hand size. I mean, they're good size. Yes. So you know, once you start to see them go from from green to just a little bit of blue, then go ahead and and put that uh, uh, paper bag on there uh-huh. and a tie and you know well, I never would have thought of that that yeah, usually that's... keeps them away and then, of course the other thing you can do is use a, use a netting you know that you would use for blueberries and cover the whole the whole bush you know okay and both of both of those work pretty well the, they'll discourage both the deer and the and the um the birds yeah, because
1: so, one day they'll be out
3: there looking all nice and ripe, uh, and the next day, they're gone. Yeah, <laughs> right, somebody snuck in there. That's a, yeah. you know, The elderberry fairy is <laughs> well. wealth Oh, yeah. I do love them, but. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, as you're right, um, we make a, a cough syrup, you know. We'd, we'd, yes. We do one little bottle of uh, elderberry uh, juice, uh, you know, once it's smashed and boiled down and then add uh, a fair amount of honey to it, and then just bottle it up and put it in the fridge.
1: That's what I want to do, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to really pay attention this year, Mm -hmm. and not let whoever's (laughs) taking them away, just like gather them up. And the other thing, I was wondering if, do you, you know anything about companion planting? Like, what... You know, is a good suggestion. The plants that like to be together, or maybe don't want to be planted
7: too well.
3: I, you know, we know that carrots love tomatoes.
1: Yeah, garlic. <laughs> what
3: is it? Garlic, garlic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you know, in the in the garden size. I mean, I I I have a fairly good sized garden of fifty four by four beds, and mm-hmm. uh, and a, plus a little bit. And uh, I have found the only thing that I've ever seen that was clearly uh, one did not like the other was my celery. Uh, I had three celery plants, one right next to where the peas were and then two more down. And the one next to the peas did not grow well. And uh, I always suspect that that was just simply a bad combination. There was something in the in the root system of one that didn 't like the root system well, maybe the other. because
1: those peas put out that nitrogen
3: I, I, you know who knows i, I it 's a guess yeah. for me yeah. and most of that that kind of companion planting is just that it 's sort of empirical it 's by observation and
2: mm. uh, mm-hmm.
3: you know uh, the, that uh, but for the most part, I just plant stuff where you know, where I want to put it, and uh, um, I haven't noticed anything other than that one that that made a big difference. Now, um, the usefulness of marigolds around your cabbage plants oh, is, is a well-documented uh, – yes. And, uh, the cool thing about that is the root systems in the miracle also discourage, uh, nematodes, which, mm-hmm. y- you know, I, I've, I've been through oh, a few times when, when my, uh, cabbage plants and, and a lot of my brassica were were just infested with the nematodes and the, the root the uh, root maggot as it's called,
1: yeah, you know, I stopped growing stuff like that because of it mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but I forgot i I didn't know about the marigolds,, yeah. just to plant them sporadically or however you want like throughout yeah. the garden, yeah. and yeah, I forgot about that and,
3: and what a what a wonderful thing to put in your garden well, right, uh, the and marigolds- so beautiful absolutely, and the marigolds I grew they were like two feet tall, and they were <laughs> you know <laughs> mixed all in it was it's uh, it's wonderful i I really enjoy the flowers in there like that
1: I'm glad you reminded me of the marigolds yeah. because they're just a a good thing in general to mm-hmm. have around, especially you wouldn't. Some people might not think to put them in the vegetable mm-hmm. garden, but yeah. in- intersperse them in there, and I think yeah. that's a really good idea. Yes.
3: Well, I, you know, I plant one cabbage plant per square foot. So I have my four by four bed, sixteen squares. I plant twelve of of the cabbages in the front, and then I'll put my uh, pole beans on the back. Oh right, and then Mm -hmm. so actually, in each little space in between the cabbages, that's where I'll do uh, um, usually about three marigolds in in, (laughs) in the in the bunch, and they seem to be enough. And uh, yeah, yeah. and the the
1: marigolds that
3: they are, they're oh, and they're they're so fragrant and it's yeah, and beautiful. yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yes. Well, thank you.
3: You're quite welcome. Thanks for the call, Cindy. I was glad you called.
1: Okay, me too. Yeah, take
3: care. Good companions, huh? Uh, so, uh, yeah, the miracles um, are just great. And I, I think we should take a break, don't you, Tool?
2: Sounds like a good idea um, for our fine underwriters. In decades past, you opened a business, hung out your shingle, and the customers came. Today, hanging out your shingle means creating an engaging website. The modern consumer is using the Internet to find businesses like yours. Are you positioned so you'll rise to the top of their search? Let the Radio Vermont Group Digital Services work with you to make sure you're visible online and to target your marketing to location, demographic, and interest. Learn more at rvgdigital.com. It's In the Garden with Peter Burke. And, uh, Peter, we've got Norm from Bristol to kick things off.
3: You there? all okay. yeah. yeah. All right. Come yeah. On. Hey, well, Norm from Bristol, welcome. Yes. It's my first time calling in this oh, year. Well, welcome. <laughs> um, I'm so glad you did. I was
6: listening last week or a week before last. Uh, you were talking about putting vermiculite yep. in the garden. Yep. Uh, what exactly is it? composition of vermiculite cuz I like to keep everything organic as much yeah. as possible. Yep.
3: Yeah. Uh vermiculite is uh is mica basically and it's uh, like popcorn rock. It's uh it's heated up and it pops and it's uh, very porous once it pops and mm. uh now all of the vermiculite that is processed now is asbestos free because it's now illegal to have asbestos right. in vermiculite. So um that was uh, quite a concern for, for an, a number of years, but it's been a long time since they've allowed the vermiculite to, to be processed with uh, asbestos in it. So that's good. all it is, just a regular old, uh, regular old mica, uh, rock. So. Okay then, that sounds good. Yeah, so it's organic, it's definitely OMR approved and um good. you know, there's no, nothing toxic in it. Great. Well, thank you very much. Well, you're welcome, Norm. Thanks for the call. <clears throat> and, uh, Joel, did you say we have Tom from Richmond? Yes, it is. Okay, Tom, how are you?
5: Good. First of all, I'd like to talk about the ticks. I worked in the line crew. Yes. The clothes, we took our clothes and sprayed them with what's called a pernephrin.
3: Okay, pernephrin.
5: We never let it touch your skin. Yeah. And that's what we used out in the fields when we were working line work. And the next is, I have a question. Yeah, I uh, raised some asparagus.
3: Yeah,
5: and then it overgrew. Yep. My wife called it lazy. I called it that I was too busy.
3: <laughs> well, <But> anyway, I'm <laughs> we'll going too I busy.
5: Some, <laughs> I was too busy, and I put in a raised bed for them now. Yeah. Can I dig those up and
3: transplant them? Uh, sure you can. There's really nothing that would stop stop you from doing it. Um, you know you'll have to find the uh, the crown, you know where where it comes up from, and right. uh, 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 you know just uh, you know dig down until you see the big fat roots. They're usually uh, you know uh, they come out like a hand, you know from from the center of the the center of the crown. Okay,
5: so they're not a deep root like a horseradish.
3: Uh, Probably not too deep, uh, depending a lot on how deep you put them out in the first place. So usually they, they say about six inches deep to start with. So, you know, depending on how deep you put them in, that's usually where the crown will stay is right there.
5: Okay, that's about how deep I put them. Mm-hmm. I
3: thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay,
5: great. Yeah, let, hey, do uh, okay. me a
3: favor and uh, let me know how it goes. I, since I haven't actually done it myself, but I've transplanted other things, and the rhubarb is up, and I've transplanted that. But uh Tom, the pernif perniferin,
5: perniferin, perniferin,
3: like P E R N E F E R I N, like that, perniferin. Yeah,
5: so it comes in. A, we get it from in a spray can. Yeah. And you spray your clothes. And you let them set out overnight or for twenty-four hours.
2: Twenty-four hours, yeah. And
5: and it'll last up to I think eight weeks.
3: Wow, wow. So that's that's sort of like a, an overall type thing. So you're not you're not putting it in the washing machine afterwards or anything like that.
7: Oh,
5: you can wash it. It'll go through the washing machine. That's fine. Oh, no kidding.
3: Wow. Yeah,
5: but you've got what it does is it dries into your fabric.
3: Oh, I see. Huh. Wow. Well, thanks. That, I, I appreciate that because I I believe that's what uh, what Jim uses. He's, he's the one who has the bought clothes, and I guess it's the it's that perniferin is in the cloth. So pretty cool.
5: Right. Yeah. 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 And it works great.
3: Oh, that's well. Good to hear. A little good news.
5: Well, I'm a turkey hunter. I need
3: that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the hunter is hunted, I'm afraid. (laughs) Yes, I am. Sometimes I come home with more kicks than I do deer. (laughs) Too bad you can't eat them, right? (laughs)
5: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I thank you very much, and I appreciate appreciate your show.
3: Yeah, great. Thanks, and I appreciate the call, just like that. And you say we have Dick in Waterbury?
7: Hi, Peter. Hey, Dick.
3: How are, How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How about good. yourself?
7: Good. Hey, um, recommended fertilizer for rhubarb.
3: For rhubarb? Yeah. Uh, you just want a, a a general garden sort of like the uh, North Country's uh, uh, ProGrow, and that's just a you know just a very standard mix. You, you don't want a high nitrogen, you know, ten, or you don't need a, a phosphorus one, so which is usually O3O, but you know you want something that's like a 555 five, five, or a 453 or you know something like that mm-hmm. so okay. just a good standard uh, um and and mine are starting to crown now and actually have some oh well, about uh hand-sized leaves on them already Oh good yeah good. yeah so. um
7: also this year I took one of my 4x4 beds and uh <clears throat> lined it off for and planted a little bit for a square foot garden sure uh, and it's amazing how much more organized it is. Yeah. And how much more stuff you can get in it.
3: Yeah, yeah, isn't that? It's it, it, Generally speaking, you can do about a, a, take about one quarter of the amount of room or produce, you know, th- three times what you could in the same space. So, mm-hmm. I mean. And
7: with that said, um, do you put tomatoes in there as well? Oh, yeah. What's, what space do you use?
3: I use. Uh, uh, what, what do I use? The what?
7: what?
3: Spacing. Spacing. Uh, one per square foot. So I always put them along the north side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a trellis there, and I yep. put one per square foot, and that's of a, a full-size tomato. My cherry tomatoes, I actually put six in, in the four foot, so they're every eight inches. The cherry tomatoes, uh, you can grow them a little closer. And, mm-hmm. and uh, so, Um, I grow the cherry tomatoes uh, like that, and I I have a trellis that's uh, roughly six foot tall. And that, uh, particularly for the cherry tomatoes, they'll make it all the way to the top of that and plus.
7: Okay. So you just let them grow right up at then?
3: Oh, absolutely. I I, I, I really like uh, those uh, Velcro ties that you get. Uh-huh. um those I, I find that I can use them for a couple of years and then they deteriorate but they 're they 're so easy to cut and put on, and you can cut them long and short depending on what you have um, I find those are that 's the best tie out there of all the little gimmicks there are to tie them up yep. and okay. uh so as they start to grow uh you know they 'll you know from the bottom up you 'll get your first set mm-hmm. of flowers about ten inches or twelve inches up from the soil and then so you want to cut off all the leaves below that right and then as it grows up the next one would be about 10 inches away the next flower cluster and then cut those leaves off so you just keep cutting the leaves off as the it grows and and uh, sets flowers and that way um uh, first of all the plant doesn't need those leaves anymore to produce chlorophyll or to feed the fruit it it Uh, emphasizes the fruit growth and the fruit um, uh, fruiting uh, you know further fruiting of the on the vine and uh, so just cut them back and I do that on my cherry tomatoes and my big tomatoes as well
7: Mm -hmm. and for onions that I've started from seed is it too soon yet to put them out
3: no no you should be fine okay you should be fine on onions. Yeah, uh, I planted mine in April last year, and I lost them to a hard frost. Uh huh. Sh- you know, you know that you, you should be fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
7: We'll go. All Thank
3: right. you. We'll, okay. We'll talk yep. to you later, Dick. Yeah. Bye. Thanks for the call. All right. We've had a busy day today, haven't we, Joel?
2: Oh yes, great, great, great questions <laughs> and great participation.
3: <laughs> and you never know. What you're going to get into? Mm -hmm. We got into the weeds, into the ticks right away, didn't we?
2: Well, they're out there, you know, and, uh, you know, as I say, I'm I'm amazed that I haven't encountered them yet, but uh,
3: there's (laughs) always time. You'll get your chance. You know, it's funny because I
2: haven't seen any ticks. uh, Just the way my life works, I'll find a 20 pound tick, you know, (laughs) attacking me the next time I go out to the woods. But,.
3: Oh Lordy! Well, uh, I I spent a year in Paducah, Kentucky, in fifth grade. My my dad moved down there, moved the whole family down there, and I had never heard of ticks before and they were rife down there at the time and i mean i remember the first time i pet this dog and there was just all these bumps on it and i thought oh my god and my mom having not seen it before she got out the pliers and was pulling these ticks gotcha. out of that you know <laughs> and, you, and it and it always happened to someone you know at school you know would would have a tick you know buried in their hair somewhere and i was like oh my i just, i had no idea you know that the that they could be um, that prevalent, you know.
2: <laughs> well, they say this is not going. This is going to be a bad year for it, you know. So well, good year they, for maple I, syrup, bad I, year for ticks. I, how, how do you, they
3: figure? I mean, anytime you encounter a tick, it's bad.
2: That's right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, well,
3: right. you know, a bad year means there's more than usual. Mm. I, I remember last year hearing this. The, I think it was on Rick's show, Rick St. Gary's show. The, he was talking to one of the N.R. people, and he was saying that by the time he walked through the woods, there were thousands of ticks on him. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm not going out in those woods. Oh, good Lord. So uh, I don't know what, what constitutes a bad year. but
2: uh, Well, the uh, the people in Fish and Wildlife and other yeah. agencies, they have their scientists out there yeah. measuring and and uh, you know I, assume their it, scientific it, prognostications are the best uh, right,
3: right i guess
2: uh, to, they, be ar- to, be to be 4 armed, <laughs> to be forewarned is to be forearmed. they send
3: some poor soul out there all dressed in white and said uh hey joel just walk yeah. up around this thing and, and then they come, come back a, right and, and then, then they, they
2: count with a pair of pliers at <laughs> one two 47 48 <laughs> three to be, be forewarned is to be forearmed, <laughs> and to be four-armed four armed is to be half an doctor octopus as uh, the, the. <laughs> old latin saying goes
3: oh my gosh Joel I've never heard that how could I have not heard that that's no, because that uh, you don't spend funny.
2: enough time hanging around me <laughs> well I, I, thanks for
7: thanks for
3: that
2: <laughs> I don't know I pick up things that uh, well hopefully not ticks you're
3: yeah, right forearmed I'm going to have to write that okay. down i got to tell that to Lucy she'll love it
2: <laughs> but anyway yeah we're trying to keep an eye on things there's also those uh, shadows. Uh, the uh-huh. wild shallots that, yeah, uh, that rams. Uh, yeah. there's a to- this is very serious we're not joking there's a toxic variety of those that are proliferating right now oh. and uh, they've already had several cases of poisoning really here oh uh, my individuals gosh. and you get very sick uh, uh, vomiting and everything I, w- I would look that up uh, there's a name for it the scientific name which I d- it did not register when I heard this uh, report So, uh, if you are interested, uh, I would, I would Google poison rant Vermont and there is a, there would be a story on that. Uh, and that's understand. happening right now for people that are beginning to forage for all kinds oh. of good things, oh, you know, yeah. and that are out there. Speaking like, of which. Like the fiddleheads. The fiddle out Thank there. Thank you
3: very much, yeah. Joel. Joel brought me in a bag of fiddleheads.
2: I, I, I do that not to be thanked, but to just remind people that uh, <laughs> go find your, you know, where those fiddleheads are. It's time. Because it is time. I am, I am lucky because I actually have some cultivated mm-hmm. in my backyard. Unintentionally, I just went and planted some about uh, 15 years ago. Oh, and I have this fern forest that grows up every year, but I don't have to go very far. They're right in my backyard, yep. <laughs> oh, they were right, exactly. <laughs> yep, in the garden. <laughs>
3: well that's uh that's great that's great and i you know my wife and I love them, and we thank you very much and well
2: i I know that it's spring when they're out there finally you yes know.
3: yeah there, there you go. the first signs and they grow up on along our road and and the neat thing is is that it it's uh the county road goes down through to Woodbury and it's literally a notch it's uh you know. It goes straight up on both sides. Yeah. And so it's very, very hidden and and shaded. So it'll be another couple weeks before we see the first one.
2: Exactly. Well, for me, I'm right near the lake, but still, it... it it still bothers me when I get up at, uh, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning and I mm-hmm. go out with the dog. And it's t- right next to Lake – I mean, right along Lake Champlain, 36 degrees to start the day. <laughs> I said, this is not spring. I don't care, you know, even in the Bronx, you know, well, this is, this but, is not the spring.
3: This ban- the banana belt, yeah. you know. Right. When it's 36 over there, it's 26 yeah. up in Plainfield. Exactly. So, North yeah. Dallas, so. Well, so I right, think uh,
2: we're somewhere in there, but uh, final words, we always have time, you know.
3: Yeah, always time, yes. Uh, well, the final word was, uh, did I finish up on potatoes or do I need to f- finish up next week? Well, next week we'll we'll pick up on the tomatoes, uh, potatoes I mean, and uh, how to cultivate them and, and all, all that good stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, absolutely nothing like... Homegrown potatoes. <laughs> that could be
2: another song. Yeah, homegrown. Home, oh, those new potatoes are just wonderful. Uh, Aren't
3: Oh, I know. And I, that uh, you're right. Uh, and that's one of the things I wanted to go over on the uh, the different varieties. So we'll pick up on potatoes next uh, next week and all the different varieties. So call in if you have a question on potatoes or anything else, and we will talk, see you in the garden.
2: In the Garden today with Peter Burke has been brought to you by The Willys Store, family-owned since 1900 in Greensboro. By Polly Construction, Gregory Drive, South Burlington, one call does it all. By Montpelier Agway, your locally-owned Montpelier Agway, East Montpelier Road. By Menards, family-owned True Value Store, Brooklyn Street, Morrisville. By Clawson's Florist, Greenhouse and Perennial Farm in Colchester, top quality Vermont-grown plant plants since 1972. By V's Flowers and Garden Shop, flowers, hanging baskets, annuals, house plants, potting supplies, and lots more. They're in Waitsfield. By Sticks and Stuff and Swanton Lumber. Vermont's largest independent home center. Many locations go to sticksandstuff.com for store locations and hours. Buy P&R Lumber right there on Route 15 at Wolcott. Family-milled lumber for all your projects. P&R Lumber on Facebook. Guy's Farm and Yard with four locations to serve you. If it eats and grows, guys can feed it. Guy'sFarmAndYard.com. Be sure to join us next Saturday at 12.30 during the noon hour for In the Garden with Peter Burke.
0: All it takes is a ring, a hoe, and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row,
1: someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them
0: from below till the rain comes tumbling down. Till the rain comes tumbled in, touch by it, row by row.